Hello, you are listening to Germantown Community Radio WRGU 92.9 FM. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, a weekly radio program that spotlights positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization throughout Philadelphia. I'm your host, Derek Hengemel. Jumpstart Philly is a unique community development program that trains, mentors, networks, and provides funding to aspiring real estate developers in seven different Philadelphia neighborhoods, including Germantown, where the program was founded. Jumpstart believes that you can do well by doing good and focuses on removing neighborhood blight, scattered site rehab, creating a healthy mix of affordable and market rate housing, and avoiding gentrification through slow, steady growth and keeping wealth local. Interviews are conducted during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series on Monday nights at 7 p.m., held via Zoom webinar. For more information about these events, check out the events page at jumpstartgermantown.com. This week, I will be speaking with Stephen McAlpine, who is a branch leader for BB&T, now Truist Bank, about business banking and budgeting and how to manage business finances. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and be sure to check out the podcast version of this program at jumpstartgermantown.com slash media. So Stephen is a graduate of Indiana University of PA, where he earned a bachelor's degree in business management. He has successfully worked in financial services for 10 years with disciplines that include insurance, investing, and banking. As a branch leader for BB&T, now Truist Bank, His goal is to truly understand his clients, businesses, and use that knowledge to help them gain insights and expertise to advise and help improve their performance of their business. Another goal is to create strategic partnerships where together we can work to grow your business. Outside of work, he loves music and is a musician, and his instrument of choice is the drums. He is a family man who lives to serve, serving, hoping to inspire and build better lives and communities. So it's my pleasure to introduce Stephen, and Stephen, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, no problem. It's my pleasure. And I'm very excited about the opportunity uh, provided this evening to be able to share a lot of great information to all of your attendees. And um, I, I just want to ex- uh, express a special thanks to you, to you, Adriana, and all of um, you know, the staff over at Philly Office Retail, and more importantly, Jump, uh, Jumpstart Germantown, and all of the Jumpstart locations. So my cool. pleasure. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to educate our community a little bit tonight about banking, which is arguably the most important aspect of any business because you know to make money you need to be able to manage your money absolutely absolutely um, just before we get started i I think uh, it would be helpful to say that we're kind of working through this workbook or or our discussion will kind of work through this workbook that um you you offer at bdnt right Uh um kind of like just the basics of starting business banking as opposed to personal banking yeah absolutely so you know, one of the things that we do here as an organization is we like to, you know, share knowledge. And one of those ways uh, we get a chance to do that is we'll, we'll put on uh, seminars. Um, the material that we're going to talk about today um, is, is essentially geared towards anyone, regardless of where you are um, from a business perspective um, um, and how understanding how important it is to be na- being able to manage your funds uh, with a bank account and just some banking basics um, can actually help you grow and operate more efficiently. Um, this particular presentation that we, we tend to, to give is, is called growing your business. And again, um, in my experience, I've found that a lot of business owners, regardless of where they are in the, uh, the cycle of business, the life cycle of business, um, it's very important to be able to kind of cover these topics to ensure that you're operating efficiently and you're giving yourself the opportunity to, to really allow your business to grow. 
Awesome. Cool. So uh, before you, you grow your bank account, you got to have a bank account. So maybe we should For sure. start with the basics and talk about, you know, what is a business banking and how is it different from a personal bank account? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the ABCs of uh, having a bank account is just understanding that it's, it's really used as a financial tool to be able to manage and organize your funds. Um, when it comes to your personal banking, of course, you know, having a, an account is essential for you to be able to do things like, you know, pay bills uh, or, you know, send money more efficiently um, and just access your money more safely and securely without actually having cash. Um, so if you apply those same principles to, to, you know, your business, it's important that you be able to have a, a lot of those aspects available to you from a business perspective. Um, so really the difference between a business and a personal bank account is essentially all in the name. Um, for your finance, your personal finances, you, you have a financial tool like a personal bank account to be able to help you manage those things. And from a business perspective, anything going in and out of your business uh, when it comes to cash flow, um, operating expenses, it's it's going to be essential that you have a business bank account. And I can tell you, at the end of the year, your tax advisor will be very very grateful, and your CPA will be very grateful that you did so. Yeah. So how can one open a business bank account? Is it as easy as, as a personal bank account? What are the, the nuances there? It's very easy. And as a matter of fact, there's businesses designed to help small business owners that don't know the ins and outs of opening banks, uh, bank accounts um, established to be able to, you know, to, to do that for, you know, um, for you folks. Um, it's, it's really as simple as understanding that from a business owner perspective, um, of course, you, you just need to know what your social security number is and have proper identification. Um, usually that includes like knowing your date of birth and, you know, having an address. So um, an ID, any type of government ID would suffice from a personal ID perspective. And from a, a, an owner standpoint, it's also good to understand, you know, what is the percentage of ownership? Um, it's important for banks to know, you know, who has a significant part in operating um, or exposure in that particular business. Um, and again, that's from the personal perspective, like as the owner. Um, from a business perspective, you know, the only thing you need is essentially an employee identification number, and that's easily attainable by reaching out to the IRS. Um, and the, the EIN number is what most people know it as, um, as an acronym, uh, but it's basically your social security number for your business. Um, also known as your federal tax ID number. Um, also, understanding how it's actually defined. Is it, a, is it incorporated? Um, is it an LLC? Um, and just an understanding, you know, the structure of your business, whether it be a partnership um, and things of that nature. So usually one would need physical ID, um, a letter from the, the IRS showing your EIN, EIN number, your tax ID number, and you know, documentation from the state, whether that be a, a license or actual articles of incorporation or an operating agreement, clearly defining, you know, uh, the structure of said business. So you, you said that's a fairly easy process to obtain these materials, but um, what's the timeline like on that? Is it something start this week? Well, and I, have this week I, I, could, I could tell you prior to COVID, it, it was a lot easier, um, you know, to, to get some of these items. Uh, but one of the things that we do here at, you know, BB&T Naturalis is if there are individuals that are interested in looking at what that process, you know, entails, we can actually help you to, you know, a certain degree getting those things done. 
Um, so when it comes to you getting the ID for the business, the first thing to do is to be able to know or to understand if that business name is taken. So you can go, especially if you're operating in the state of Pennsylvania, so website corporations.pa.gov. Um, and, I, and I can give you guys, I can write that down later or you know, share that information, that particular website address again, um, in which you can actually search the name of a business if you have a particular idea. And as long as that name is available, the only thing you have to do is register it. Usually it takes about $125 if it's gonna be like an LLC to, to actually register that business with the state. Um, so as long as that name is available and you have that, that fee to actually you know, get that paperwork started, um, again, prior to COVID, as soon as you know, the state receives that, usually I would say no more than two weeks turnaround time for you to actually get that, state, that, that paperwork stamped and those operating agreements um, mailed or emailed to you. I can tell you by having an account with the state, usually when you, when you do that, it's a lot faster and more efficient if you do it all online, for sure. Right. And when it comes, go ahead. I'm just going to say that's assuming, you know, you have an LLC already set up, you know, you, you kind of have your, your whole business model set up. Uh -huh. that, that's not factored into the price. You got to have all that first and then you can get going with the business bank. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like understanding what your business is, right? Um, in order to go into business, you need to know what your market is. And um, it's the same, but there are professionals out there that are designed to actually make it very easy for you. Um, you know, understanding that process is usually for the, the particular individual that is more hands-on and more conscious of being cost-effective, I would say. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so, so now let's talk about, you know, once you have it set up and once you, you yep. came up with your really creative business name and you're starting to, to dissect your finances, how do you manage keeping those separate? Um, I mean, meaning personal finances and business finances, you know, I mean, I'm sure some are fairly obvious, like your Netflix and your Spotify accounts go on your yeah. But, but how, how do you make the distinctions on things that are a little bit more uh, close to the center? Yeah, it's, it's actually very simple, you know, when you think about it. Um, I know it could be, it could seem a little bit more complicated, but when you think about what a business expense is, the very fundamentals of what a, biz a business expense is, is anything financially related to operating your business. Um, and it can range for, from a, for a, variety, a variety of things. I like to keep it in very easy buckets that, you know, when, when you think about um, real estate, you know, uh, depending on what it is that you're doing, right? If um, you need to purchase material or if you're looking at inventory costs, um, if you have a team of laborers, you know, some employee costs. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, more importantly, Uncle Sam needs to get paid. So being able to understand, um, you know, how to use that to, to manage taxes. So taxes, material, inventory, employees um, are all things that essentially go into that particular category. Now, you can be a little bit more granular and talk about, you know, um, the cost to travel. Um, or maybe if you want to entertain some, some potential clients and you want to take someone out to eat, again, all of those can be considered business expenses. Um, and just being able to understand that, you know, there's financial tools that you can use to be able to keep those things separate, um, of which you already do use on a personal end. So when you're talking about that account itself, um, you can run everything through the business so that you can just clearly separate the two. Um, when you're talking about using something as simple as a debit card, right? Um, that debit card is essentially available for the business as well. And the debit card is usually just the most efficient way to get access to your funds. Um, on the next level, 
when you're talking about building business credit, um, you may want to think about using a business credit card. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, options when it comes to, you know, business credit cards, right? So think about, you know, why you would use a credit card over a business debit card. Um, one thing I would say first and foremost is security. Um, when you're talking about zero percent li- liability, um, you know, of course, if there's something that's happening from a transaction standpoint that you don't approve, uh, most organizations are going to offer you that protection when it comes to using a business credit card. And essentially, it's not you using your funds, it's using the bank's money to be able to operate and then paying that money back. Um, so, you know, I would say those are three basic ways to, to essentially separate um, and manage those type of expenses. Um, but yeah, just thinking about what those expenses are, um, I can actually send you guys a, um, like a, uh, a budget sheet that will give some ideas in terms of what that is. But when you think of it on a real basic level, it's just understanding every penny that is used to operate your business is what, is what we be considered a business expense. Everything else will be considered a personal expense. And what are the consequences, you know, if, if any, other than just making it harder on yourself of, of poorly managing those, those two types of finances? You know, could you get yourself into hot water? You're starting to use your business expense for, for personal finances or vice versa? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say from a tax perspective, um, that's one thing that's very important, understanding um, how to separate the two and, you know, the ramifications of not doing so. Also, you know, of course, you know, I'm not a tax advisor, um, but I would encourage you to talk to your tax advisor to be able to understand all of the ramifications um, that come along with not doing, um, making making that clear delineation. Um, But there's a lot of advantages as well. Um, We're talking about write offs and things of that nature that, you know, having something simple as a reporting system when you think of it right um, to be able to show and organize that information. Um, so that you are in a position to benefit um, and not be penalized. It's, it's you know, of course, you, you know, one ever wants to be ta- penalized um, for not paying their taxes or, um, you know, of course, everyone wants to be rewarded for being able to take that time to organize. So, yeah. Cool. Great. Um, so, so let's move on to another topic here. And, and I'm sure, sure I've heard this, this word. It's kind of a buzzword, I feel like, in, in the business world. Um, it's cash. Mm-hmm how important cash flow is to, to a bank account. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about, about why that's so important and, and really just what is it? Like what is having yeah. cash flow mean? Absolutely. Cash flow is, in most businesses, especially when you think about 2020, right? It's a, a different type of year. No one really, you know, kind of foresaw the impact of the coronavirus. And um, a lot of what you heard in the news is, you know, funding from the federal government to, to keep some of these businesses alive. Um, when, you, when you think about, you know, the type of businesses that actually are operating heavily with cash, it's the life, it's the heartbeat of your business. Um, and regardless of what type of business it is, cash flow is going to be very important. So, you know, from a basic understanding, you know, there's foundations that we kind of categorize cash flow as. And what I would say, from a definition standpoint, it's essentially the inflow and outflow of money from your business. And it's vitally important because it's used to cover, you know, those daily operating costs that we cut, we talked about earlier. Um, but some of that, some, some foundations that we kind of took, take a look at when we're talking to our clients and um, are, you know, how you collect money, right? So when you think about real estate, you know, if you have tenants or, you know, just thinking about tenants, how, what options are you giving your tenants? Um, 
to pay you? Um, how are you collecting it? Is it cash? Are you, are you allowing them, you know, understanding that we're in the 21st century? Is there a way for them to pay you um, with like a credit card or some type of online portal? Um, just understanding, you know, giving people options to be able to collect money or giving your clients options to collect money to be able to pay you will help you attract and retain a lot of business. Um, the second foundation I will look at is how you're making payments as an organization, right? So when you're talking about how you're paying your bills, how you're paying for your expenses and how you're paying for your employees, um, understanding that sometimes there's some gaps when it comes to cash flow, right? If you're working or taking on a new project, it may cost you X amount of dollars to, to start a new project. And you may be cash strapped until you actually finish that project and are able to, to collect your, your return on your investment. Um, and that in between time, we call it, you know, um, your pay cycles or, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, whatever that looks like for your business, that cost for you to take on a new project versus the time for you actually getting paid for completion of that project, you're going to want to have some cash flow available to you to be able to take on new business. When we're talking about positioning yourself to be able to grow. So understanding, you know, some tools that you can actually uh, put to your disposal to be able to be more efficient in that cash flow cycle is very important. Another foundation um, we tend to cover is, is how you're managing, investing, and protecting your money. So as you're growing as an organization, right, you're going to want to make sure that the money that you are earning is working for you. Um, so when you think of the, those three type of foundations, you know, you want to make sure that uh, you have a good definition of those on behalf of your business. If you're just tuning in, this is a conversation with Stephen McAlpine, who is a branch leader for BB&T, now Truist Bank, about business banking and budgeting and how to manage business finances. Thank you for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. I hope you're enjoying the discussion. Cool. So, so in short, cash flow isn't really how much money you're spending or how much money you're making. It's more so just the activity of your business, kind of right. Like how uh, how active the, the the inflow and outflow is, right? It's it's not. It's kind of a weird concept because good cash flow doesn't necessarily mean you're making a ton of money, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, when you think about you know, when you think about making money, right? It's not how much you spend; it's actually how much you keep. So, you know, three things that I like to ask my clients when I'm talking to them is, you know, think about it. When you list all of your expenses, try to identify what your big, busy, biggest expenses are. Um, and again, thinking back to, you know, last year, a lot of small business owners had to really ask them, themselves what that is. And the next most important question is, you know, how can you cut costs, but still be efficient, right? So, you know, personally, when I look at my budget, the first thing I'm looking at is how much I'm how much money I'm spending on food. <laughs> so, you know, those are still some things that you can be a little bit more, you know, uh, flexible with. And, you know, you can cut a little bit in those particular areas. And last but not least is, you know, ways to optimize your accounts, you know, your payable and your accounts receivable processes. So so again, you know, just understanding, you know, how you're you're operating and what those gaps look like. So um, I would say it's it's a multi-variable, um, well, it's a very complicated way of saying it. It's, it's very, very um, interchangeable when you're talking about what it actually is. It can mean a multi, you know, 
multiple things depending on what type of business that you're running. Cool. So, so we're actually doing good on time uh, right now. So if you want to just kind of go a little bit more into what you just said that you're saying gaps between accounts payable and accounts receivable, what does that mean maybe for people who don't really are familiar with those terms? Yeah. So when you're talking about accounts payable are things that you have to pay. Okay. Accounts receivable are outstanding items that you have yet to be paid for. So when we're talking about growing your business, um, there's different types of tools that you can, you know, put to your exposure from a lending perspective, right? It's really getting into the type of conversation of different types of loans or different type of credit products that you can utilize as a business to help you be more efficient. So one thing I did say earlier is about that understanding what your operating cycle is, your cash flow cycle is. If you, you know, if it costs you, you know, X amount of dollars, 50,000 to, to start a new project and you only have 100,000, you know, in the bank account, realistically, depending on what your turnaround time is, um, you may be able to bring home 200 on that $50,000 investment, right? Uh, but if you only have another 50,000, that means you can only provide it that next project cost the same amount, you only can take on one more project. Um, so it may be two years for you to actually realize your return. Um, you're going to want to make sure that you have some cash available to be able to take on more projects. So that time from when you actually have to pay a penny to start a project to when you actually get paid for completion of said project is going to be what you want to evaluate from a cash flow perspective. Cool. Um, so again, just understanding what that is, taking it back to the very beginning of just being able to organize those type of expenses and being able to show that to your accountant mm -hmm. will help position yourself to grow when you start to really create real definitions and have real, I guess, clean accounting when it comes to those type of expenses. Cool. Yeah. So, so it sounds like cash flow is just a really good way to kind of look at a point where it's like, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of money over here. You got to start making money over here. <laughs> kind of like, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Um, so next uh, thing I want to ask you about is, is business insurance and you know, where that plays into having a business bank account. You know, does every bank account need the insurance? Or, sorry, well, does not, every business need insurance? I missed that. My bad. Yeah, that's, that, even that was a great question. So, you know, most banks, bank accounts are federally insured when it comes to having your money in the bank. So when you're talking about safety and security, um, understanding that there is insurance even on the money that you have in the bank. Uh, but to answer your question, um, insurance is, is essentially very important. When you, when you think of it like, you know, what would happen if, you know, you're not there to be able to take care of the business? Um, do you have um, protection in the event that, you know, maybe you, you lose a key employee? Uh, maybe that particular individual, you know, is the life beat of your business and without them, you can't open your doors. Um, so thinking of things like that, right? There's, a, there's an insurance called key person insurance. You can actually have insurance on a person that's the most vitally piece, the, the most vital piece of your operation. Um, thinking about, you know, real estate. Someone slips and falls on your property or, you know, you have a, an employee that's working on your property and hurts themselves while on the job, having protection um, to be able to cover your business in that type of a situation is very, very important. Um, I've talked to several business owners that didn't understand or look at it that way, um, but I'm pretty sure in this group, you know, we, you, you guys do a great job over there at Jumpstart being able to share with them 
all of the, you know, the, the key pieces of, you know, um, real estate. I know you guys know how important that is. So when you just think about that, right, it's just understanding that quality is better than, you know, just essentially trying to, I guess, cut costs in that particular area, because you just want to make sure that you're adequately uh, protected in any type of situation. So, yeah, I would say, you know, it's very important. <laughs> Me personally understanding that was the first thing I did out of college. Um, I, I want to say it's, it's very, very important. Great. And, and where can people look to get that business insurance? You know, is that something that, that the bank can make the connection with or? or like yeah. where? So, so again, uh, of course, um, the, the beautiful thing about our particular organization is that, you know, we specialize in insurance as well. Um, we have our own insurance company called McGriff. Um, and essentially, you know, we're in a position to be able to um, essentially cover you in multi multiple areas. Um, it's really just understanding how, you know, you, you get quotes and making sure that you know, the type of business that you have is, is being quoted properly and being happy with the type of coverage and the costs that is going to, you know, cost your organization to ensure that you feel adequately covered in any scenario. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Um, yeah, no problem. To our last little uh, section here before we get into the, the live Q&A, which I see a couple questions came in. Um, but if anybody wants to submit any more, you can use the Q&A tab at the bottom there. Be sure to type them in there and we'll get to them in about uh, 10 minutes or so once we wrap up here. Um, so, so the last thing I want to talk to you about is, is borrowing money, which is something that I feel like is particularly um, you know, a big question in the real estate development world because um, you know, getting into, the, into a development project is no, no, no cheap expenditure um and, and absolutely everybody in the first one or first couple ones you know are looking to borrow money since they don't have like we said the cash flow to, to back it up um so, so what ways can a business borrow money and, and what are the different types of loans and, and uh, benefits that come with them yeah absolutely so there's several and depending on the type of need um a good financial organization will try to match the product to your particular need um and what i mean by that is you know uh, just to kind of keep it very simple you have a regular loan, uh, like a fixed rate loan. Um, you may have, which is which could be like termed. Um, so, for instance, if you're purchasing, you know, a piece of equipment or, you know, a fixture in in said business, or, you know, thinking of real estate, right? Uh, I want to say if you want to purchase like an oven and like a range and microwave combo, right? I don't know, depending on how you know, expensive that is, whether it be from a commercial use or residential use, you may want to say, okay, it costs me X amount of dollars, but I don't want to pay that all up front. I want to pay that over the next 24 months. So a fixed rate loan will help you kind of budget that for the next year or two years in this case, um, so that you don't have to pay all that money up front. So you're, you're talking about fixtures, things that aren't going to fluctuate in price that you can budget over the, the course of time. That's a fixed rate term loan. Um, other type of loans are, I just, you know. I just want to be clear, like a fixed rate loan is something that you wouldn't use for like the acquisition of a property, right? Because that's something that's totally subjective in price, right? Not necessarily. So again, you know, when you, when you actually um, agree on whatever the price is that you're looking to purchase it at, um, you may agree to pay it over the next 15 or 30 years. Um, so that 
type of purchase is really a large purchase that you want to make sure that you don't have a lot of fluctuation in a rate. So you would rather get a, again, depending on the type of buyer you are, um, you, it, it, would, it, may be, it may be more advantageous to get a fixed rate loan on a large purchase like a piece of property. Again, you can pay it off sooner or you can pay it off on schedule is just understanding that you're not going to have a whole lot of fluctuation and with your monthly expenses towards that particular item over the course of time. Yep. Yeah. Some other types, you know, you have secured loans. Okay. And basically when you think of secured loans, it's essentially a loan that's secured against an asset and they call that asset or a particular item collateral. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it gives the bank some security. Um, which is essentially the lender. And you tend to get better types of rates when you secure a loan against uh, a piece of collateral. Excuse me, in this case, real estate. Real estate is a great um, piece of collateral um, that usually um, will get you very favorable rates um, in order to to be able to finance. Um, Unsecured loans is essentially loans based off um, your credit worthiness, okay? and they're usually obtained without the use of collateral. And because of that, they tend to be a little bit more expensive. Um, so understanding you know, credit and how important it is to ensure that your credit is in tip top shape um, is very important because again, as your credit suffers, it's gonna become, become more expensive for you to actually borrow X amount of dollars because you're looked at as, I guess, in the eyes of the lender, more risky. Like, uh, you know, the chances of you paying that back is just um, slightly less than someone who may be more credit worthy. Um, When you think of, you know, equipment, again, it's essentially exactly what it is. It's an equipment loan. So, you know, it helps to finance the cost of equipment by spreading out the cost, um, you know, one time. Um, You can lump some extensions or, you know, credit paid through periodic consistent installments. So, Again, when you think about equipment loans, is essentially, you know, loans specifically designed to be able to pay off equipment used in your business. And you have revolving lines of credit. These are beautiful items to have when you talk about cash flow, right? So, you know, you think about it in terms of a credit card. Um, when you have something like, you know, a credit line for your small business, you usually can get a lot more um, depending on how much income you guys are bringing in on an annual basis or a monthly basis. Um, usually lenders will, you know, multiply that number and give you something called a credit line. And essentially that's something that you can borrow from um, and help, you know, fill those operating, those, I guess, cash flow gaps in your operating cycle to be able to pay for things like, you know, payroll expenses or, you know, material purchases or maybe the the cost to, to actually take on a new project until you actually get paid on a previous project that you finished up. Um, those funds can be borrowed from and paid back and wash, rinse, repeat. So it's essentially, you know, understanding how important it is to, to organize everything so that you can qualify for all these type of loans and these particular products. And last but not least, you know, we have SBA loans. So SBA loans that are guaranteed by the Small Business Administration. When you think about the PPP loan, that's exactly what that is. Um, you know, usually you'll find uh, an, an approved SBA lender and Truist Bank is one of them. Um, usually we'll be able to help facilitate those particular transactions, understanding that they have a government guarantee. 
Um, so usually those are from, you know, you know, lenders that may not have been in business for a specific period of time, but they're essentially credit worthy enough to, to get financing from the government. And usually those type of organizations may not qualify for, for traditional type of financing. So um, it's a way for the government to really step in and really help, you know, small business owners or newer business owners or even established business owners, you know, get the funding that they need to, to help grow their business. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for providing multiple angles at which you can borrow money. Um, but, but from my understanding, you know, not all those things are available to you right, right out the gate, right? Those are the kind of things that you have to, to establish to, um, to prove that you're, you're trustworthy enough to, to acquire them, right? Absolutely. And again, when you think about just having that financial discipline, understanding that, you know, the first step is to get a business bank account, to start separating those type of finances, you're already taking steps in the right direction in order to get the type of financing that you need eventually. Um, I would say a traditional way, again, depending on the need, right? There's no, you know, silver, no bullet here in terms of, you know, how to get the type of financing. It's just really, you know, understanding your particular need as an organization. And that's one thing we do here at Truist, especially myself as a, uh, a business banker and a branch leader, um, is I really take time to sit down with my clients and really get a good understanding of what their operation and what that looks like so that we can actually tailor um, a particular uh, package, you know, that, that's actually helped. Um, that'll put you in the best situation to meet that financial need. So yeah, it's some, some of these particular loans um, that I mentioned are may not, may not be easy to acquire right away, but when you have a newer, a newer business, you know, it's always a possibility uh, depending on how you structure that, depending on how you put together projections. Um, you can always get an SBA uh, loan provided that you have the boxes checked for that. And we, again, as an SBA approved lender, that's one of the things that we do help our clients do achieve or obtain very on, very early on in the stages of their business. That concludes my conversation with Stephen McAlpine, a branch leader for BB&T, now Truist Bank, about business banking and budgeting and how to manage business finances. Next week, I will be speaking with Jennifer Tintenfass, a real estate and finance lawyer at Royer Cooper Cohen Braunfield LLC, about opportunity zones and what makes you eligible to benefit from them. The interviews on this program are recorded during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series, which takes place via Zoom webinar every Monday night at 7 p.m. If you'd like to participate in the live Q&A with our guest, be sure to head to jumpstartgermantown.com events and register for next week's Jumpinar. If you're interested in starting a Jumpstart program in your own community, you can visit gojumpstart.org to see our how-to guide and open source training workbook. Thanks so much for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM, and be sure to tune in next week.